Welcome back to Is It On, the podcast where three lifelong friends in the tech industry in Toronto discuss various tech trends and news through a Canadian lens. We just want to kick off this episode by saying a huge, huge thank you to all the love and support we've received through LinkedIn, through Facebook, through our friends and social networks, and to people outside our networks. We really appreciate it, and we're honestly pretty blown away by the response we've received. Um, so thank you and just keep the feedback coming. We really, really do appreciate it since we're doing this for the first time and there's so much more for us to learn and to improve um, what we're doing. So thank you. So in today's episode, we discuss how shifting to remote work has impacted our industry, how working from home has led Bora to a sick raccoon on his deck and why you have to absolutely turn off Slack and all communication channels to be able to work from home. Let's get started. So we've all been working from home for the last three or four months. And one of the things that we deal with while being at home is that we get to experience our homes in entirely different ways and different settings because we're actually in it during the day and whatnot. So for example, Bora, you recently moved into a house from an apartment. So why don't you maybe kick us off and tell us about some of the trials and tribulations that you went through and how home ownership has been and how working from an actual home has been for the last couple of months. Yeah, um, we we bought a house uh, in December. Well, we paid our offer in December before all of this like COVID stuff started. So we <laughs> really didn't expect uh, uh, the COVID uh, uh, like, you know, uh, pandemic to like, you know, impact us in the way that it has. Uh, but so we bought our house uh, somewhere around Midtown Toronto, and um, and uh, we moved in about a couple of months ago. About um, I think in like March, uh, essentially, we were doing most of our moving. And the first thing we noticed about coming to the house was like there was always there's some like there was always some raccoon like you know poo uh, <laughs> lying around <laughs> in, like the, on the deck. And I'm like, okay, so we're like, okay, where is this poo coming from? Because we we didn't even know, uh, we didn't see the raccoons during the day, obviously, because they're nocturnal. So one time, like we were just like hanging out, and then we just saw a raccoon just like uh, like walk by, and we saw him like literally walk by every night and turning on the motion lights. And <laughs> so we lovingly named him uh, Rococo <laughs> after the uh, art movement, <laughs> and because it's a cute name, and um, and yeah, so like. So like we'd always be visited by this uh, this guy, but he's always taking like a basically a shit in our back uh, in our backyard. Wait, so who's cleaning up this shit? I am. <laughs> like, uh, and I, you know, like the weird thing is, like you, so you uh, I read about like yeah. So you have all uh, like the negatives of having a pet without the pet to come away. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? So like, is it's like I tried spraying the area with ammonia. I've done like you know, there's motion lights. All of those you things are there. On your own deck. Doesn't oh I've heard actually that works but I have not tried that. Wait, yet. is that no. actually <laughs> just to assert dominance or does it actually work? I was just making a joke. So that... apparently it works, but it should use coyote uh, piss or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> how do you catch a coyote and milk the urine out yo, of it? Yo, yo, like, You can buy it off of, off of a supermarket. Ooh, yeah. What? You can buy it from a pet store. It's like an off-the-shelf yeah, product. Yeah, but yeah, still, like, how does the product. supply chain there work? Do we have coyote, coyote, coyote and urine milking farms? It might be like synthesized. Like it's, uh, it's oh, okay. It's like a, yeah. But so anyways. anyway, like a couple of days ago, uh I, I walk out to the backyard and like uh, to the deck, right? And like generally you don't see raccoons during the day, but I saw this raccoon sleeping on the corner. 
and then he was and and probably rokoko but like you know he didn't look as healthy as rokoko usually does and he had like really scraggly skin uh, like uh, like a uh, fur and he uh, he was just lying there lethargic and like disoriented like he had like canine distemper or something so i was like super uh, worried so i called the animal shelter you know uh, like the animal services in 311 and they said they can't actually come up to the, come inside the house to get to the deck they can only like take the raccoon out if if the if they if the raccoon is outside the deck so uh, so we let him stay there for uh, two days and uh, and for two days he just lay there and it was like the saddest thing and scary so like we were we we planned to call like a private uh, animal shelter company to come and take him so that like he's healthy but the next morning we woke up and he was gone and we were like okay at least <laughs> i hope he's okay but you know it's a really sad uh, situation reality is uh is harsh man i don't know what to say yeah unfortunately I'm, i heard like uh, canine distemper is like pretty much 100% fatal i, I highly <laughs> doubt your little furry friend is okay but uh hopefully wherever he is or she is uh it's doing well um yeah i hope roko i i'm going to still call all the raccoons rokoko from now on <laughs> just cuz that name is <laughs> it's just perfect <laughs> Cool man, um, Mustafa, you've been working from home for a bit, and uh, it sounds like based on our conversations we've had uh, off the air that you like working from home, and you've kind of settled into that uh, life. Uh, yeah, like I've been working from home before COVID, right? Like, like COVID didn't really change anything for me because when I started at Slalom back in October, um, there were too many engineers for desks um so we had a few days that were only allowed to work in the office or like days you guaranteed a desk um so i just said i'll just work from home until there's meetings i have to come in um so like i've always been set up to work from home which is why i think like that's the struggle that maybe others have is they don't have a dedicated space for work but i've always had a i have my own office and it's an own room there's no children in this house like it's pretty yet. yet but like it's pretty it's pretty chill um and i find i actually now struggle to work in an office cuz i find it too noisy wow really eh i'll take that opportunity to work from home <laughs> cuz like i've cuz that for cuz i live in hamilton right and that removes the need for me to travel to toronto every day and that's oh we should like yeah the right. commuting on the ttc and the go train should be like an entire <laughs> yeah podcast by itself and just i can complain for 45 minutes straight yeah and like on a good day it's an hour and a half each way right um so that's 3 mm. hours of my day that i went back and plus the 22 dollars i have to pay to get to work which i think is ridiculous but like back to like the way like there's slalom which is a consulting company and then there's slalom build what's interesting in like i work for slalom build um we've always worked in a very like remote fashion like there would be a devops resource for with a team working in the us but like the devops resource is in toronto and like so like build has always been familiar with working remotely because we've had resources across north america um slalom are very localized um so like people in slalom local in toronto work only in toronto um and those people had to learn from build how to remotely work cuz we had all of our tool sets already built like for build what kind of tool sets uh like slack whiteboard lucid chart like um we had we have our own budget to to buy tools that we we need um stuff like that 
Okay, cool. That's interesting. Uh, you guys let us know if uh, you want us to like dive into the details of the tools we use when working remote, because I think that could be an interesting, more practical, um, kind of quick topic we can cover to on one of the episodes. Yeah, and I think like like what like I think like if we were to tie it back a little bit, like slalom and even before slalom, like I think I've always had a preference to work from home. I like to work my own hours. I like if somebody was like, "You're not working nine to five, like that's not how I operate. That's like the, my best work comes out in in bursts usually. Um, yeah, which is why I like working from home works well for me. Um, but like I find like talking to other people in my team or in slalom, like I find that the struggles they're mostly having is to do with the space. Um, and what I mean by that is like the sp- they, they either have, like they're only forced to work in the kitchen because they don't have an office. They are forced to share an office with their wife because they're, or their partner because she's also, you know, like working, right? Like, right. Okay. Um, I see. Or, so yeah, and then, there's no luxury of a dedicated office yeah, space at home. Yeah, and combined with like schools are closed. So like your kids are at home of all ages. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's there's a lot of that. And I, I think like I'm quite lucky, like slalom, like from the get-go where like everybody just worked from home and, and everybody shifted that mentality. Um, Apparently this podcast is sponsored by Slalom Build. <laughs> 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 okay, that's cool, man. Uh, like one of the biggest struggles for me too, like having worked from home over two previous jobs is the distractions uh, that are so easy or that so easily come up when I'm working from home, right? And I face the exact same problem you have. I don't really, or and I never had a dedicated office space, right? Um, I'm Right now I'm sitting and recording this podcast out in my living room slash uh, like... TV room, and it's literally an open space, and this is where I work. Um, so it's it's tough to have a dedicated space where you're kind of cut off from your surrounding. And so, what are some of the distractions that you would face at home, but you wouldn't face in an office? The the shame and the guilt, as much as I hate to admit, <laughs> of being on YouTube or you know looking at it at, at someone uh, playing over Overwatch on Twitch or whatever it may be, right? Like there's there's this stigma in the office that if you're not 24 hours being productive and looking at a quote unquote productive screen, yeah. it's like you're slacking off on the job. And it, it's I feel like it's so outdated these days, especially in tech companies where I don't think there's a mandate to work nine to five anymore. As long as you get your shit done, that's what people care about. Or at least that's what I think people should care about, especially managers. Right. And we've definitely seen that trend towards that happening. Uh, but then again, then again, I might be wrong. Maybe I've just had great managers and I've worked in great teams where I never actually had to deal with, oh, why are you clocking in, you know, five minutes late and leaving seven minutes early kind of thing. Yeah, right? My mentality when I hear that is like, I can waste just as much time in the office as, as I can at home, as I can in the bed. Like, like <laughs> trust yeah. me, like I, if, if I don't feel like I need to, like output right now, um, it's just not going to happen. And I'll just do it at another time kind of a thing. Um, yeah, like I think that's interesting because uh, I, I generally feel the same way uh, about work generally. Like, you know, like when, you, when you're focused and you're building, like when you're writing code, uh, a lot of the work definitely um, you, need to, you need to be actually like get into the mindset of doing it and then flow. And then there's so many techniques to help with that. You know, people practice Pomodoro and things like that. Uh, for me, like one thing I've noticed is I've... Um, 
uh, as I've go- gone on to like, you know, uh, you know, work with uh, teams and manage teams and work in like, uh, like just a lot more meetings in general. So my days are actually a lot fuller, even though like um, in the past, maybe I would have gotten a lot more like build time and work time. And that work from home definitely helps with, I think, like, you know, getting a few hours like um, of quiet. Like it's, it's, when I was at the office, like I would get a question literally every five minutes. Like, and it would be in person, right? Like it's not at Slack at your yeah. own pace. Exactly. So like, uh, so I would have to be on top of it, but now I have, but my job now is almost to be on top of that. So so like it does, like it's gone the opposite way. Where like you know, in the past, I would really, really, really enjoy the uh, the, the the quietude that like the uh, that uh, that that a home could bring. But now it's like I don't have any boundaries, <laughs> almost. You know, like in, yeah. at any moment, at any time, uh, I'm available for uh, for uh, for work. Which uh, which so like, what changed which, before and after? Um, I think generally. Um, uh, the biggest change for me, I think, is not having that moment uh, after work or before work to like that commute. When I was always lived downtown, so like for my for me, the commute was always a fifteen minute walk or something. So that disconnect is like a way to say this is where our day starts and this is where my day ends, and then everything else and everybody is following that disconnect. Right. So like it, it keeps things like in a in a in a pro, like a yeah. process. But we 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 do talk about like like uh, about the work that you do and like you've been doing more. Like recently, you've been doing migration work and and stuff like that, and like like that stuff is always outside of general hours. And I wonder, is that like playing a part because you are participating in like into, into not like traditional software development role, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think because of the uh, various uh, like so uh, basically our company, we you know we're 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 changing some of our infrastructure right now uh, to a managed Kubernetes uh, environment, and so. So we're moving all of our applications and we're segregating them into different accounts in uh, AWS. And that necessitated a bunch of migrations uh, that obviously took quite a bit of time uh, out of, off hours. But uh, but the interesting part is like that wasn't just my only role, right? Like uh, like uh, in a startup, you wear many yeah, hats. Yeah. Um, and and like uh, when when in when in a larger company, maybe like you know you'd get. Uh, a team to take care of the migrations and they get their like requisite hours and things like that compensated for. Uh, whereas, uh, whereas for me, it, it was the other way where like, you know, I think, I think uh, being part of like the bigger picture as well and participating in the, in that and also doing the migrations means that my days are actually quite long right now. Yeah. Like you're, you're trying to play the long game while trying to fix your, like what's in front of you right now. Right. Like that's, like you're 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 doing two jobs as a as a single person, um, but like so let's bring it back to um, working from home, um, because like I, I've done ops before, right? Like that was my previous role, and like I I always felt like when you're in that space, you really have no like there is never a separation when you're on call or when you become uh, like a, a very senior member. Um, because the team has always relied on you to kind of fix everything and any problems that kind of escalate to you. So you always feel like you're on call. And combine that with <laughs> you're working from home already. Um, so you're, you can't, you don't really have that downtime of I'm commuting, right? Because like I, that, that is something that I do miss, yeah. like on the train. Like it is an hour and a half of Mustafa time. Like I listen to any podcast I want, I read a book, I decompress before I get to home. Um, my my decompressed mm-hmm. journey now is from the office to the living room. It's not the same. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's a very ritualistic thing, right? Like, I mean, 
uh, I mean, for uh, for human beings to be uh, to be productive or like uh, to uh, to function in society, I think I think some of these some of these like things are like necessary. You you have to do them in, at home too. Like I think going to your home office or like sitting down and then disconnecting at a certain time. I think it's important for your mental health, if anything. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's super critical to have a turn off ritual at the end of the workday, right? And um, I worked as a well, four days on, one day, sorry, so four days off, one day on kind of a product manager. So one day I would commute into the office and four days I would be working remote. And when I was working from home, it was important that at the end of the day, whatever time it was, that I actually had a ritual. So my ritual was, okay, shut down my my Slack, um, I'll close my email browser and close all the tools I have open. And then that would be like my mental check to say, okay, office work is now shut down and I'm done for the night um, if I can help it, right? Yeah, and I think like like to help maybe guide this discussion, right? Like you kind of have to look at what things you were doing before and what things you're doing now or things you're not doing now, right? Um, so like putting aside like change in work behavior or you're taking on more responsibility, um, kind of a thing, like like before we I, I had my commute, I had the the hour and a half on the train, but like now I don't have that. Like it's good that I don't have to commute, but I kind of need to fill that time, fill a similar time slot with something similar that what did make me happy. Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like with work from home. I think like the most of work from home is slalom right now and. It, I find that the days where I don't eat lunch, for example, or I, I skip food because I, I am, quote unquote, too busy, or I, I don't go out to have a coffee mm-hmm. in the middle of the day or in the morning outside, like, I can instantly, you can instantly tell yourself that, like, that's not a good day. <laughs> like, like, your mood is, is shifted. You're all- it's yeah. everybody else who's the problem. It's never you. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> I can draw some parallels here. Right? Like like your hangry is really coming into you. And it's it's good to like check yourself mm. when those things when when those triggers start come out. It's like, okay, okay, like like I'm I'm too deep into this. I'll go walk the dogs or I need to go eat or something. Um and that self-awareness I find is very important. Yeah, and uh, one of the funny things that I've noticed in my life is like whenever you think that you're too busy to get up from your work, just get up because I think when you come back 15 minutes later, you'll probably find a better solution to what you were doing in the first yeah. place. So, um, so that disconnect is actually a really important process for your brain to actually think. I've, there's been a lot of um, there's a lot of research around like how uh, walking promotes like uh, like thought, you know, like you know, and and like new thought and novel ideas. So actually practicing that as part of your routine, especially when you're stuck, is actually important. And it does, yeah, it also doesn't mean you're going for a walk, all your problems are going to go away. You're just going to have a way to approach it. That's all. Um, I find like what uh, Heather tells me, um, like, because sometimes when I'm working late, she's like, what will happen if you don't send this email? I'm like, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> Literally <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Like that's, that's a great, great way to look at work too in general. And that's my personal philosophy at least. Over the years, um, you know, when I started out after school, I was this like green, eager uh, worker, right? And I was trying to please everybody and anybody I could in my in my professional career. And then as I got older, I started realizing what's important to me in my life and what is um, secondary, right? And yeah, at the end of the day, we're not saving lives. No one is going to um, 
lose their lives or have a drastic impact on their lives because we didn't send that one last email or we didn't check our email or do this task. Uh, but also, I, I get that that's my personal view, right? And I get that. Absolutely, I think. But the problem, I think, in, in a startup, sometimes you'll see that, like, if you're, especially if you're in, like, a... Um, in in a startup where like you know it's being used by nurses out in the field, being used by uh, to, on patients that need the care, uh, and right. their their workflow is disturbed and not not working, and it's during work hours or like during their work hours, it is important. Like in our, I guess like it depends on the size of the company, and you have a rotation, you have like all sorts of things, but like there are some some things that are just emergencies, and you need to be able to distinguish between those, right? In life, basically. Yeah, but an email is. Like I don't think that's the context of this discussion, yeah. right? Like, like, <laughs> like we're we're not talking about yeah. like like an end of day status email on my Jira ticket. Like that's that can wait. Oh yeah, that that can wait till, till the next. Week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the product manager in this call right now disagrees with you, but <laughs> I'll reserve comment. Um, so so a couple of Canadian companies. Um, or I guess North American companies, so starting with Shopify, they recently announced that they're going digital first, right? So they're trying to move their, or en- enable their entire workforce to be remote first, whatever that means. Um, and then I think Twitter's CEO recently, a week or two weeks ago, announced that their employees can work from home for the rest of the year, at least, right? So do you think this is gonna this trend is going to catch on? Or do you think it's going to become a fad that we're all going to regret a decade from now, just like the open concept office, right? Because that was all cool back whenever or whoever the fuck started it. <laughs> well, open, but then I, I hate Open it. office, that was, that's a very different reason. That's more to keep an eye on you and to cram more people into the same space. Uh, but if we were to take, if we were to take <laughs> a, like a more positive outlook on like working from home, I'd like companies to just approach it in a, Okay, if you prefer to work from home, you work from home. You prefer to work in an office setting, you can come work in an office setting. Like there isn't one way to rule them all. And we all work in different ways. We're all very different. Some of us prefer library settings, others prefer loud noise, right? Like it's it's not one size fits all. Yeah, that's true, but there's a there's a thing to be said there though uh, that I think uh the, the, the generalist, like, yeah, laissez-faire approach works until it doesn't, right? Like a company's culture has to be built and like the tooling and like the way that you kind of approach work has to be built to be remote friendly, especially in a, in a mixed context. If you're fully remote, like we are right now, you automatically build the processes to be able to work fully remote. Now then if you have a mixed setting where you have an office with a, with a bunch of people sitting around a meeting, having a design discussion, the person at home sometimes doesn't want to say anything because it's like it's like they're not part of that uh, that uh, that discussion. Mm-hmm. How do you make? How how does that? So the questions that we have to solve, if you if you want to have a mixed setting, is how do you bridge that gap where people remote don't like a lot of companies already do this really well, from what I understand. There are companies that are mixed mode already. GitHub, I believe, was already mostly remote. There's a bunch of different companies that are actually taking this and learning how to work with the teams together. But the uh, but the general uh, the general issue that like a company that's transitioning right now from work from, uh, from office to work from home and has to transition back has to answer is how do you now have a mixed mode because that uh, is a lot harder. I don't know. I, I feel like that's going to be super difficult to actually pull off successfully. It all depends on the leadership too. I mean, it depends on how you set that, uh, how you set those meetings up, how you what Tools. tone you convey. And how you yeah, yeah. how you like integrate well, like like that's like like, like saying 
Yeah. It's, yeah, like saying it's mixed mode and just like letting people figure it out, it's obviously not going to turn out well. But like saying it's mixed mode and these are kind of, this is the process to it. This is the tooling that we're backing you up with. Uh, the whiteboards that we have in every office are linked to the internet. Like, like if you do it the right way, you can do it. But obviously it's expensive and and it's difficult. Like, what is the right way? The right way for company A might not be the right way for no, company B. No, but that's B. that's exactly my point. Right. Is is. But in information technology or like you know in software companies, like I really don't see why you would need an office if you actually got this to work well. The only reason that I would think of is like regret later down the line where your work life is blurred. But I feel like that challenge can also be met. Like country countries like Germany and uh, like a lot of the a lot of the European countries, a lot of the uh, like you know even even Australia, New Zealand, and everything there. Uh, like mandated work hours and like things go a long way to like creating a culture mm. that like respects work-life boundaries because knowing that you're not burning your employees out is actually probably better for your long-term health of the company. Than, cheaper on than the health bill of the whole person. country. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's the, really the motivation behind it, right? Uh, um, but yeah, like with, with, <laughs> with mixed mode, mixed mode sounds like a Overwatch game mode. <laughs> but you know like if you're talking about distractions you know like <laughs> yeah yeah so the, the, going back to your original question was Stefa so distractions could be uh, a YouTube video on my second screen while I'm trying to work or doing some work on my main screen or but, but I guess like I guess what I'm Twitch trying to stream like or the reason music I asked that or, is yeah. why is that a distraction at home and not in the office it totally for is you, yeah. but in the office I feel like yeah for me because in the office, it's a bit more structured, at least for me. I, I have my desk, I have my ritual, and um, I try my best to respect my teammates' boundaries and time, right? As a product manager, a big part of my job is to go and talk to people and bug them about how things are going and pick their brains or get their feedback on prototypes or mock-ups, right? And how do I do this respectfully instead of, because I hate just walking up to someone without giving or having given them like a fair warning at least to say, hey, hey, I know you're in the middle of something, but, and then interrupt them anyways, right? So it, it's been tough, especially as a remote product manager, this communication thing gets magnified tenfold because now having to talk to multiple stakeholders, internal and external, like how do you do that and how do you manage your time all while trying to, Type it out in a Slack channel, right? So, it's it's tough. Um, my like my ideal work setting is like an 20 percent split, where eighty is from home and twenty is from the office. And the reason I say this because like like I do agree with you um, in that doing design or architecture meetings remotely, work sessions remotely, uh, any training like I, I find is extremely difficult for me. Um, because, and I think it like, mostly has to do with like, if I'm trying to lead a work session on like how to go on call, I find it very hard to engage with the people that are on the, on the phone with me. Uh, and that's yeah. like, because body, body language, language is huge. Face, and like, facial, like when you're yeah. doing a work session, you're like, okay, like tell me about your experience. But like, how are you going to do that through a zoom conference call? Like it's just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Is it? 
Wasn't it something like 80% of communication is, it happens through body language? And if you can't read that, it's... it's. Oh, yeah. Actually, we uh, we don't allow, like, cameras to be off, like, now. I mean, we don't really allow it, but, like, it's it's, it's it's highly frowned upon that you leave a camera off while actually working. So, so one of the things, ways we solve this, actually, and I think it actually really works well for me, and design especially has worked really well through Zoom. I, I haven't had an issue when everybody's participating through Zoom, because design meetings are a lot of the time that I, a lot of my time anyway, um, is, is actually like, you know, you have virtual whiteboarding, you have people on screens, you can see their faces as they, as they talk and they react to the dis- design discussions and everybody's participating. Um, so you said you use that and, through Zoom is the, okay. Yeah. Zoom is what we use. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I, I think like that works. Is it the mixed mode of it? Like how, if you have three people in the office and two people outside, that's where, you know, it's very hard to communicate stuff. The, the design yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of like why I said, um, for for those type of meetings, I always did make an effort to go to Toronto um, because I like being in, in physical presence does make quite a big difference, right? There's a big difference, yeah. Um, yeah, the mixed mode meetings are tough. Yeah, um, I've had to sit in on multiple mixed mode meetings, and I was remote, and the rest of the team was in a meeting room in a conference room, right, and whiteboarding something or whatever. And every time I wanted to say something, I felt like I was interrupting the flow of the conversation or I had to be like, uh, guys, guys, hello, hello, but I feel excuse like me. It, in that it context, like in. if the right tool was being used there, you might have not felt like that, right? Like but the problem there is yeah. there's a whiteboard that's being, like that's just rude to start with. <laughs> like why have someone on the phone call <laughs> while they can't see a whiteboard? Like I don't know what to say. <laughs> that's actually been yeah. the biggest problem. The whiteboard being physical I think like uh, I think like Zoom has like you know we have these iPads at work which like you know connected to the thing at least have a way to draw right into it you know what I mean I'm sure there is and we don't use it but like everybody should be able to just see the 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 the, uh, the work and everybody can participate in it so maybe investing in those kinds of tools and being able to uh, collaborate on whiteboards especially are very important for engineering I don't see it as much um, I mean there could be other types of meetings that uh, that also benefits from benefit from it but like in specifically design discussions and like in like reviews, uh, reviewing like, you know, people's work and stuff, like a collaborative um, whiteboarding session is actually really, really, really useful. And um, yeah, like we did a, we recently wrapped up a project in my team and um, we did the retro for the end of the sprint uh, using Miro whiteboard. It was kind of cool. Like everybody had post-it notes. It kind of worked out the exact same as you do it in a, in a room with like post-it notes and, what would you do differently and stuff like that? And yeah, I love Miro, man. Miro's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. used it for like and like for like other now. stuff. I kind of use. I just like share my screen with Lucidchart, and I just go with it. <laughs> yeah, I think there is some beauty about working from home or being remote too, because when you're forced to communicate over text. At least I spend a lot more time crafting the message and thinking about the message and making sure I'm able to communicate my thoughts concisely and clearly, right? Because when you're talking to someone face-to-face, it's easy to just start thinking or sorry, just start speaking without thinking first. And then you say something, you're like, oh shit, no, no, no. And then you try to backtrack and I don't know. So forcing you to think before you type, I think it's also a good thing when, when teams are bored. Uh, at least for me and the people I interact with, like it's it's just straight to Zoom. So when you're talking to someone, and you're like, oh, so this is this is what we need to do, and they're like, oh, do you have five minutes? And I'm like, okay, just slash, slash Zoom, and we just discuss it out in in person. It almost it it stands in for uh, having to type and like you know formulate the 
thoughts and like you know it, it's more concise that's interesting like i feel like that was the first two months of covid were like that for me is every little discussion would end up in a in a teams call or a slack call um but now it's all just it's very like email text based heavy um jira driven but i also don't know if that's because like that start i started with a new team at that time as well so i don't know if that was like there's like it's it's hard to remove what what is like that's because your life changed or was that because of covid or was that because you're working from home or or i think i think i'll be honest here there's also like a difference between uh, in urgency you know what i yeah. mean if it's not urgent then i'm not going to be able to talk i think but when you're but but in the current situation like you mentioned i have migrations and other things going on uh like at at work like uh, those conversations like they need the answers need to be immediate otherwise we're just wasting a day if if someone if there's some misinformation right like if there's some misunderstanding there's a deadline and then there's like cost associated with each of those days being rolled over that is like that we can't gain back in so there's a there's definitely like a lot of different levers that that are that 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 sort of like that sort of determine like what kind of how how urgent the call is and how much information needs to be uh, given out at any given time so 100 yeah urgency is definitely a big one whether the the conversation defaults to voice or text let's talk about slack uh, etiquette while we're talking about this so so what so I'll start with the first question <laughs> what, do you use threads and uh yes. barely so that's that's my that's the first thing that annoys me the most is if someone is asking a super public channel a question and the replies yeah. are just just rammed through the same like they don't sub thread it um, yeah yeah it's yeah it's which means that, like I can every, see yeah like and that's maybe annoying. it's a thread you're interested in so like every but you're not interested in that question so now like you're just going to keep receiving notifications for it no yeah exactly that's why i use yeah, threads always, always. threads it's, and don't check that box yeah. <laughs> you don't need to check the box to send the message in the other thing like i don't know why that box is there like i don't get it <laughs> only if you need to you need to like make no you can check that box depending on like what you have to say right like if it's something like you're saying that applies to everybody and is information that is useful and you determine it <laughs> to be so then yeah but the problem here is like like it depends on who is determining what is like you know like <laughs> the uh, i think i think i'm lucky like i think i don't think like uh, we broadcast messages too much at my company where it's like not necessary like i think uh, i think uh, the culturally it's pretty decent that way like it's really good uh, but i can clear but you know in the past uh, like you know there's always like individuals uh, like that that do not care about like etiquette whatsoever uh, you know may may write like a like an essay that you have to read that actually has no information that you need you know what i mean this has happened to be uh, way too many times and like and like he, and then i feel bad cuz like i actually like i don't know like i feel bad if nobody replies like there was something a question or something but it's like a whole essay like you know, a thousand word essay that someone's written on wow. slack and then I have to read what? through it, and I have to reply to it, you know, considered because you know it was like a thousand word reply, but then I break it down into bullet points at the very least, you know, <laughs> just to make it a little bit easier to read. <laughs> but you know, Jesus. yeah. But I've had like I think, I think, I think, yeah. Be cognizant of that. Slack is a fast communication channel. Please don't write essays. I've I've actually never had that problem because all the companies I've worked at were less than fifty people, so we, I never had the ch- problem of like having mass uh, threads. By the way. I think reply all and uh, reply all on emails and I guess even this not threading your conversation in Slack should be a criminal offense. Jesus Christ. I, I, I back when we were doing our co-op at AMD, I don't know if you guys uh, or you guys did like when somebody yeah. leaves. But man, like no no no, so this this time 
it was like one of the HR personnel accidentally sent an email to the entire company. So this is like 10,000 plus people, <laughs> right? And then the first person replied all saying, please remove me from this thread. <laughs> and, then, and then it was just... And it snowballed. <laughs> like, how stupid are you to, first of all, reply all to a company-wide email saying, remove me from this thread. Like, you, like, like they can actually do it. That's a meme <laughs> like, right there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And literally, I think within like a few minutes, there were like 500 emails saying, please remove me from this thread. Jesus That's Christ. That's like the most ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> just like getting buzzed back then did you have like uh, a notification on your phone back then like you know like I don't think like it was like a Lotus Clank or something no right? no like, yeah it, this was literally an Outlook, Outlook. Yeah, like yeah. Outlook 2010 or so whatever. yeah that, that, at least you were saved from it imagine having it right now in today's day and age oh, oh my, my god. god getting buzzed like literally every 30 seconds with this like get me off this thread please <laughs> <laughs> your, your phone will die in like 30 seconds man <laughs> yeah so uh, okay so when someone DMs you right what do you think is the minimum or sorry the maximum allowable time hours? before you have to reply yeah during work hours yeah i reply generally uh, as soon as i can uh, but it depends on the question really um, and depends on the so okay so you read the message what you're saying is you read the message and then you assess I, the urgency of yeah, the message I and then you decide well, to reply sometimes i'll mark them i'll read it and then I'll be like, okay, I, I'm, I yeah. might forget. So I'll mark it as unread. So I'll have the notification. I'll come back yeah. to it later. Uh, to be honest, I actually reply most of the time, about 95% of the time immediately by saying that like I'm busy. So I will reply back in a bit or just remind me about this yeah. later. If it's not, if it's something that I can't, because I feel like hanging, leaving people hanging, like is also like a problem. It's better to just say that you can't answer this question by just saying I can't right now or be, or set your status to be like, I am busy. Do not disturb, understand. Uh, then to like you know leave them hanging because uh, but we so one of the great things that I discovered was the Google uh, Calendar um, plugin for Zoom. So now people actually know that I'm actually in a meeting, uh, and there's the meeting icon comes and Slack, alive. The right? moment, uh, yeah, yeah, the moment I'm in a meeting, so people actually have a reason for yeah. why I'm not. Yeah, I linked back. mine to Outlook as well, and so when I'm in a meeting, it shows I'm this busy. Um, Definitely helped a nice. lot with the with the messaging because like I think people understand that like hey. This person may not reply mm -hmm. right now, and I have also caveated it to people. If I say I say it in like team uh, sprints and like retros, where like you know, hey, listen, like if I don't reply to you, uh, there's probably a reason, and if you need it urgently, just like ask me. <laughs> For me, it's like I, I don't read the message because I feel like even reading the message gets me off the track of what I was doing or what I was thinking about, right? Because my the way my mind works is like when I look at something new and shiny, like. I can't stop thinking about it until I solve it or I have an answer for it, right? So the way I actually work is I completely close my Slack um, for 25-minute intervals or 30-minute intervals, like right? completely and then, close it or set to do not disturb? No, it's off. Like, I don't see it. I, I, I have it completely off. And it's also knowing, obviously, there's days where I know I have to be completely available if we're doing a release or like the night before a release, then... I won't do that, but on days where I know I can afford to have or, or take a chunk of time just to solve on whatever or solve whatever problem I'm working on currently, and then I'll go back um, to take a break from what I've been working on, check my messages, and then assess them, prioritize them, and then reply accordingly. Because the, the itch to reply to every message instantly, I think it's a dangerous one. It's not scalable, especially as we move up into leadership positions. 
<laughs> hopefully <laughs> one day <laughs> and, and and bora you're you're in a leadership even mustafa you like you have people who Not report to you in this currently. current job but in my previous job yeah so right so you've probably had to kind of deal with this kind of well, that's kind of what I like. That's like we we touched on a little bit, like when I was doing ops. Like I was the team lead on the DevOps team, um, and it, like part of it was uh, you're never off. Like I I felt that I couldn't be off reach because I didn't want to leave somebody hanging with a problem. Like I I felt that that that's my role yeah. is to not have somebody be feel like they're left alone, right? Um, and that's I guess like that's. Maybe that's why, like, even now, like, if anybody on the team that I'm working with, so I'm working right now with the Slalom Run team, which is an ops team. Um, <clears throat> like, if they reach out, my response time to those guys is very, very small. Uh, but, like, my response time to the Slack thread about AWS, like, I'm not going to reply to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's very dependent. Mm. And... As well, like for me, what I find is very helpful in Slack is to mute the channels that are more like water cooler kind of conversation. Those are always muted. And the Slack channels that are like very, very work focused are they, they have notifications turned on. And I find that pe- what, what kind of, so do you get push notifications or desktop on my, notifications? On my laptop, it's just, just a little icon, a little there's nothing red. else. Because I, that little yeah. banner thing is distracting as fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was gonna say, like that shit toxic. is so like, distracting. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> Slack, Slack might be the most uh, disruptive like workplace tool ever invented. <laughs> oh, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's funny because it goes against it goes against its uh, DNA. Slack was all about let's bring your company closer together. Let's open up the communications channel, but. Little do they know, man. It's become so distracting. Yeah, like I, I totally agree. Like I think when I was, uh, when I have to code, like I, I generally, generally just uh, have to avoid it, which is very difficult. Like, uh, as I took on, like you know, helping with the DevOps side of things and like you know, bridging that with engineering and like sort of making all of that work. Like a lot of the operations work has like uh, came onto my plate to like you know figure out how to do uh, and manage. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I think, I think as we and because we accelerated all of our work like significantly over the last few months. Um, number of releases, the number of services, everything has just gone up exp- like pretty much exponentially because uh, like the communication lines between the engineering and ops side, <laughs> yeah, it's really weird for a startup to have that division, but there was a division and now there isn't. So, I mean, there's still some like regulatory reasons behind some of those divisions for sure. But, uh, but like with that came like a lot more like, you know, operations involvement. And that's a, uh, that's a challenge to balance actually, like, especially when you're also tasked with like, you know, doing design work, which needs some. Yeah. Like context. it's, that was my biggest challenge on on my old team is um, how do you how do you move forward while keeping your lights on, right? Like it's it's quite challenging, especially if it's the same set of people doing it both, right? That's yeah, it's hard, man, especially with DevOps because you need to be available overnight. It's like like you said, you're you're on yeah. call every night, or it feels like at least you're on call every night. I think remote work is by itself a pretty dry topic, like to be honest. We need like a little bit more masala, you know what I'm saying? In this case, like, what's the masala? The, the masala, the masala here is is actually quite simple. It's like if you if like with work from home versus not work from home. If you need to do work and you're quite diligent about your work, you care about your work, you're gonna get that work done, right? Like that's 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 there's no discussion there. I feel, and I think like you're working from the kitchen, you're working from anywhere. Like your productivity might decrease. I understand that. Um, 
But at the same time, like you feel like you care about your work, you're going to get that work done. For the people that are truly, truly struggling for working from home because there's like too much distraction or like there's too much junk food and they can't eat it. And like I've heard I've heard so many things. But I think <laughs> I generally generally think that like different people work differently at different places. Like some people work better at the office, some people work better at home. Like I always thought I would work better at the office, but uh, because of my original experience of working from home uh, with my startup, but that didn't really go out go uh, well with me because like I got really bad cabin fever. But uh, going into like the office, like I think I got more work done. But then once I started to have more like people, uh, like you know like uh, more interactions, then I got less work done. Uh, at least my mandate, you know, like what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, it's it's all a give and take. But you know, I think the main takeaway from all of this is turn off your Slack. All right, like you know, like if if you're gonna be working and you want some downtime, turn that fucking Slack button off. Like you know, you just, <laughs> just do not disturb. If you especially if you don't have any operations to go by, <laughs> you know, <laughs> turn that shit off. So you heard it here first. The key to working remotely and working successfully remotely is to turn off your forget Slack and put on your blinders. Forget about it all. Just, <laughs> just, just click some buttons. 